It's another installment of Ask Trace, where I ask Trace the questions that are on your hearts. And today's topic is kind of sensitive. It's around the topic of LGBTQ youth. And over the last couple of weeks, I have had several conversations about pronouns and how to adjust thinking around that. In some of those eye-opening conversations, I'm seeing parents and teachers and leaders in the Christian community that are on opposite sides, both believing that they are on the side of compassion and gospel. Well, today we're going to talk with Trace about how he handles this with the teens at Shepherds Hill Academy. That's next on Licensed to Parent. Hi, I'm glad you joined us for another episode of Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. Shepherds Hill is a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis. Our host, Trace Embry, is the founder and executive director of Shepherds Hill and also the author of The Miracles of Shepherds Hill. I'm Michelle Hill. Our goal in Licensed to Parent is to take what we're learning each day at Shepherds Hill and share it with you so that you can be better prepared to raise your kids in a way that honors God. Well, welcome. As I said at the top of the program, this is another installment of Ask Trace, a time when we get to pick Trace's brain on how best to help your teen. And if you have a question, you can send Trace an email, asktrace at licensedaparent.org. Well, Trace, are you ready? Mm, I don't think so, no. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I, I, I can't believe that this is even a real conversation. These are real questions because, you know, five, 10, certainly 10 years ago, if someone would have told me I'd be uh, grilled on these type of questions and that a a good percentage of the nation, particularly church people were stuck on this, I'd say I must've died and went to hell. I'm not kidding. This is dystopian as dystopian can get. When you start breaking down the very fundamentals of civilization, of reality, of objective truth, of logic, of empirical science, and what used to be called common sense, and you can't have common sense when there aren't common definitions of terms, where nature is what nature is, and that we can freely have discourse to talk about it. So I'm ready to go. Okay, well, Trace, I've got to ask you, when you have a new student arrive at Shepherds Hill Academy, and let's say the student's name is Jacob, but Jacob mm-hmm. wants to be known as she, like, mm-hmm. what do you do with that? We don't uh, have a contractual agreement with the students. We have a contractual agreement with the parents. They're the ones whose frontal lobes are fully developed, or at least they're supposed to be at by age 25. And if on their birth certificate uh, is Jacob, uh, then Jacob's going to be called Jacob. I don't care what he wants to be called. Uh, we are here to bring, again, logic, objective truth, empirical science, and common sense into the equation because that ultimately equates to spiritual and psychological healing and familial healing, relational healing. Half of mental health is simply observing the truth, acknowledging and capitulating to what is objectively true. 
Um, so we're here to serve the entire family. Junior's the one that, that gets the privilege of staying here for a year. And so mom and dad are, are underwriting it. They're the ones who should have final say on a dependent minor. And so, no, we're not going to call Jacob uh, Janice. No, it's not going to happen. So there might be some in this conversation that say, Trace, that is just really unloving and unkind. Like, how, how, how would you respond if someone did say, hey, I, I just want to love this person. I, mm-hmm. I just want to love him or her. Yeah, I would say that you've got a warped definition of love because you've got to understand, and I'm writing a book about this, how the redefinition of terms and the false premises that we're all buying into has made dialogue, uh, civil dialogue, impossible. You've redefined love. Go through scripture and find out what God did out of love. He actually killed his only begotten son. Sacrifice for a greater good. Not just what, it's not a warm fuzzy, in other words. I mean, we have one word for love in the American uh, or English language. Other languages have several words for love. In, in the Greek, we talked about this in past programs. You know, you got a, four, I think, are primarily in the Greek. Uh, Philo, where we get uh, Philadelphia from, brotherly love. There's storge, there's uh, uh, eros, which is the husband-wife type of love. And there's agape, which is the God kind of love, that deeply sacrificial kind of love. And we have just misconstrued a lot of that. And everyone thinks that uh, compassion, you know, uh, which is another word that's been totally redefined. Compassion, uh, uh, the end all to compassion is that you're making someone feel good for the moment. That's insane. That's insane. There's a sign in every gym that says, no pain, no gain. But I I think it was A.W. Tozer who said that you can have so much compassion upon man as to be in high-handed rebellion toward God. Mm. Some people would say it's compassionate, and I think our government would say it's compassionate to, if you have a drug addict living on the street, give him more drugs. That's compassion. Really? Well, how is it compassion on the rest of the population who have to walk through the needles and human feces on the, on the, on the city streets? That's not compassion at all. It's certainly not compassion on the, on the person you just gave free drugs to because you're, all you're doing is, is you're hastening a, a certain demise to this individual by, by allowing him to continue to be a drug addict or her. It, and it's a result of redefining terms. You have to define terms as, as they're properly defined. And if you, if you go through the old-fashioned dictionary, you'll see that there are some of these uh, newfangled terms that are out there, like cisgender and others. They're not even in the dictionaries because these are made-up terms. So we've redefined terms, we've made new terms, and we've uh, created our own definitions for terms. It's nuts. So what are you seeing at Shepherd's Hill when, when you— Talk to the students and talk to maybe Jacob. And what are you seeing in their personalities and their reaction? What what is happening over time? Well, let me before I get to over time, let, let me tell you what's happening initially. You have to go through the absolute trauma. And I mean, we as the, the ministers, as the therapeutic clinical professionals, have to go through the trauma as does Junior, has to go through the trauma. Listen, childbirth was trauma. I mean, if you can remember childbirth, that'd be pretty traumatic coming out dark, out this dark tunnel into some light you've never seen. Mm-hmm. But it's trauma isn't the unpardonable sin. So there, it is a little traumatic 
that when Junior's had his way or her way or its way uh, uh, for all these months and maybe even years, for someone to say, look, grab them by the shoulders and say, we're going to start dealing with reality from here on out, period, end of story. And you don't have to do any reparative therapy or do any of that. You just don't have to capitulate to their fantasy world. And then over time, they start to see it. They start to see, wow, these people are on my team. They really have my best interest in mind. And we we go through uh, wonderful documentaries like In His Image out of American Mm -hmm. Family Association. American Family Radio probably talks about this, uh, where all these people who have come out of some of this transgender nonsense and and the regrets that they have, uh, the irreversible damage that has been done by some of this stuff, people who have come out of homosexuality and what. And we see this all the time at Shepherd's Hill. And people don't believe that it's, it's really happening here. It is really happening here, and we don't have to go through any kind of special treatment to get it done. It's just that people, over time, have to come to grips with logic, objective truth, empirical science, and common sense. End of story. So, Trace, at the beginning um, of of your your answering my just question um, just a little bit ago, you talked about trauma. Mm -hmm. And that is a buzzword in our society today. No one wants to be near trauma. They want to get away from trauma. Or if they have gone through trauma, then it takes years to get over it. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be parents going, what? What? You're putting my kid through trauma? That's I mean, I know that we're talking also about the redefinition of the term love, but mm-hmm. I don't want you to put my kid through hurt and pain. You're, I'm mm-hmm. sending my kid to you to help them. Yeah, and, you know, most healing hurts, but healing never harms. And there's a difference between hurt and harm. Um, but back to trauma. Trauma comes in degrees, we're not talking about people who've been shell-shocked from, uh, you know, bombs being dropped at them like Nagasaki or, you know, in any, any of the wars that, that, that kids and children have been massacred in, and, you know, uh, like Nazi Germany, the mass graves, you know, Jews being gassed. We're talking about a little bit of trauma. You know, there's a big difference between that kind of trauma and, oh, you didn't call me my, my right pronoun. Or, or you're not, you, you mean you're not going to play this, this fairy tale game with me that I'm a cat or I'm a girl when I'm really a boy? I hesitate to even call that trauma, but I'll, I'll capitulate. It's trauma. It's, it's, it's slight trauma. And we all need to go through a little bit of trauma, suffering, in order to grow and, and to, to acquire a little bit of grit and to keep from being... Uh, an emotionally fragile marshmallow that's going to melt every time the wind blows. This is insanity. And I keep going back to Romans 5, 3, and 4. Suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance Mm -hmm. produces character, and character produces hope. And the number one reason kids are killing themselves is they say they have no hope. It's the second leading cause of death among teenagers, no hope. And as I often do in this program, I'm going to do it again. Let's back that up. Our kids are killing themselves because they have no hope. They have no hope because they have no character. They have no character because it was never developed through perseverance, and they've never persevered through anything because they never first struggled, suffered, or experienced a little bit of trauma in anything. And life, you're going Jesus said, in this life, you're going to experience tribulation or trauma. 
Deal with it. I mean, I'm not saying suck it up every time, you know, you get your legs sawed off in a, in a farming accident or something like that. Yeah, okay, th that's real trauma. But the, the things these kids are talking about, they're making this stuff up. Now, are people really struggling with, with the, uh, gender dysphoria and, and, and things like that? Yeah, but it's a small fraction of what's been um, artificially manufactured through the Internet and through political correctness and all the nonsense, you know, safe spaces that's going on out there. If you have any parenting questions or questions concerning a troubled teen, send Trace an email and he'll answer. The email to send your question to is asktrace at licensedparent.org. We need to take a break, but we'll be back. In today's digital age, there's more access than ever to digital devices. With technology constantly evolving to make our lives easier, is it any wonder that many feel as though they just can't live without it? Digital addiction can be just as chemically debilitating as drugs. Time in front of a screen can drastically affect the life of your child. For starters, your child may choose technology over simple things like playing outside and engaging in exercise, acquiring a job and gaining life experience. To learn more about how digital addiction can affect your child, visit HelpMyTroubledTeen.org, click on Resources, and look for the article, What is Digital Addiction? Parenting isn't easy. Shepherds Hill Academy wants to equip you with resources for all areas and issues of life. Discover a variety of e-books, podcasts, links, and more to help you navigate the parenting landscape. HelpMyTroubledTeen.org. Hi folks, Trace Embry here, host of the Licensed to Parent broadcast and founder of Shepherd's Hill Academy. We've all heard about modern day miracles, mostly from mission fields. Frankly, I believed about half of them and experienced none of them until about 30 years ago. Christ truly became the Lord of my life. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill is a book that wasn't written as much as it was recorded. It's the true story of how God used a handshake, my family's last $200, and our 30-year odyssey of bumper-to-bumper -bumper miracles to acquire a 60-acre farm that was used by the devil and turned it into a 250-acre globally recognized healing ministry for God. I want all people to know that Jesus Christ is still in the miracle-working business for those submitted to his word, will, and way, and who properly understand what faith truly is. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill, an extraordinary odyssey of divine interventions by Trace Embry. Learn more at LicensedToParent.org. Welcome back to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. Shepherd's Hill is a residential treatment center for troubled teens. Want to know more? Check out licensedparent.org. So, Trace, just before the break, we were talking about trauma. We were talking about that actually some traumas are good for us because it causes us to, gives us strength, gives us hope. But in all of that, as we're talking about pronouns, as we're talking about being compassionate to the LGBTQ youth who are just questioning their identity today, some might call you a bigot because of your stance. Sure. I don't perform for those people. I perform before an audience of one, and that's the Lord himself. And, you know, he's the author of, of all truth, the universe, again, logic, empirical science, common sense, all comes from a transcendent source, that being uh, God himself. It doesn't bother me that someone who's struggling to, to accept 
logic, objective truth, empirical science, and common sense. It doesn't bother me uh, that they would think that I'm the problem. Um, they are blinded to all these things. And if you don't want to believe in God or uh, all that, you cannot deny those other four things. And yet they do. And so, Trace, I hear you have really thought through this issue. You've thought through many issues. To our listeners who are familiar with Licensed to Parent, they know you have you have an opinion on a lot, a wide range of things, and especially what's happening in society today. But for the parent who just dropped their kid off at Shepherd's Hill Academy, let's say they dropped Jacob off. Jacob wants to be called her. And... Um, and you're, you say what you say, and you make a very strong stand, help us understand what you're going to say to the parent and help the parent understand how they can act compassionately toward their child because many parents are struggling today. Right. Well, before I, I answer that, let me just say, it's not my opinion. I have submitted mm. my opinion to mm. the opinion. And if logic is an opinion then guilty as charged. If objective truth is a, an opinion, then guilty as charged. If empirical science is an opinion, then guilty of, as charged. Common sense, uh, can't, we don't have that anymore, period. It, would just, it would used to be called common sense uh, is an opinion, then I'm guilty as charged. But as far as dealing with uh, the parents, they just know going in that you know, if, if, if maybe they wanted a girl and got a boy at birth, I don't know what, why they would capitulate to some of this stuff. I really don't know why. The biology, the, the the DNA, you know, the, the chromosomes. How do you go against that? I would say if you're determined that you want to follow this 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 fantasy, this mental illness, whatever you want to call it, uh, there's a hundred other programs that would love to have you. We are not going to diminish the success that we're having with people families, parents, kids, uh, who do understand the absolutes that are involved in logic, objective truth, empirical science. I, I had a conversation a while back with a friend of mine, and she said that she had to affirm her child's choice because otherwise she would lose them. What would you say to that? I would say that's a very, very weak argument. Uh, you know, I've heard people say, well, my daughter, my son is going to kill themselves if, if I don't call them by their pronouns or allow them to go through hormone treatments and, and surgery. Would you say the same thing if they demanded to watch pornography in their bedrooms every day? Are they going to kill themselves if you don't let them do that? That's, that's crazy. I mean, you, you, you can't do that. And believe this or not, they don't want you to do that. I've had too many kids tell me uh, over the years, I'm sure glad you made me do this, or I'm sure glad you didn't allow me to do that. They're kids. They've got, if, if, if you've got a 15-year-old, which is really kind of late in, in adolescence uh, mm -hmm. in a lot of respects, but they're still 10 years away from having that frontal lobe fully developed where the action and consequence part of things, you're really going to let a 15-year-old, or in, in some cases, I think they're pushing for like way younger than that, like maybe even 10, 10 years old, to be able to, to permanently destroy their bodies, their mm -hmm. reproductive capabilities, their futures, 
Are you going to allow that to happen? I'm, going to, I'm just going to say it. Forgive me. What's wrong with you people? That might sound harsh, but my goodness, read scripture. I think it was David who wrote, let a righteous man smite me, slap me in the face. It's a kindness. Get my attention. Wake me up out of my stupor. People, this is nutso. And, and you, I don't mean to diminish people who genuinely have a mental illness and they're and, they're, and they're, they genuinely struggle with this or that or the other. There, are, there is that, but that has to be dealt with. You don't capitulate to it. You wouldn't, you wouldn't take a, an anorexic person who weighs 85 pounds, six feet tall, and they say, uh, I just look too fat in these jeans. No, you'd offer them a hamburger, and you'd do everything you could to, to make sure that they start eating. Are you cruel for doing that? Are you cruel for saying you're not fat? You're, you do need something to eat. But anorexia is not the going uh, fad right now. LGBT com, uh, stuff is. Kids are getting attention. They've bought into this. And you've got people in all the right places, government, education, mental health, uh, medical health. There's big money in people being sick. So, Trace, help me understand, if there is a parent who is struggling because their child is questioning their identity, whether they are a a girl or, or a boy, like, how would you help them walk through that? Like, is there any resources that um, we can send them to a website? Or how would you walk through that with them? I, you know, just off the top of my head, uh, Michelle, first thing I'd do is I would go to the internet, use it for something good, get the video, which is free of charge, in his image. Mm, Sit down with your kid good. and watch that. Start right there. There's a ton of books written on it. I don't have them off the top of my head, but there are a ton of books written on it. And then find yourself a godly therapist who won't put up with this nonsense. It may mean a residential program like Shepherd's Hill. I mean, we do have the advantage of being with these kids for a, a, an entire year. And just so you know, there's no browbeating. There's no uh, ostracism, uh, anything. We love these kids. We just we love them enough to tell them the truth and to not single them out or anything like that. They, they, they assimilate like every other kid here. And there's just enough truth. There's just enough love. And there's just enough of that authoritative community environment where they get a chance to make a decision for themselves. And they always come to the right decision. They don't have the negative influences of a, of a systemically mentally ill culture to unravel the things that they're coming to grips with while they're here. Again, it's not my goal to brainwash a kid to loving Jesus or, or anything like that. But when it comes to the LGBT stuff, it just becomes a natural conclusion that they come to once they, 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 they land back into the world of objective truth, science, logic, and what used to be called common sense. Okay, real quick, Trace, because we're running out of time. But we have this hypothetical boy, Jacob, who has arrived at Shepherd's Hill Academy, wants to be called her. You have had that conversation with, with him, and um, he has walked through the program. A year later, as he's coming out of the program— who is Jacob? How has his viewpoint of life changed? Or 
particularly of who he is and who he was made to be. Yeah, well, he is Jacob. He's never stopped being Jacob. Um, Truth is truth regardless of who believes it. And Jacob will realize that there are certain things in the universe that we have to submit to, all right? We have to submit to our age. Uh, You know, I'm 25 years old. Uh, I'm not 60, Uh, you know, or I'm 60. I'll never be 25. I'm six feet tall. Uh, I'll probably never play in the NBA. Uh, There's a lot of things that you have to to come to grips with. And, And so Jacob will learn to live life submitted to the laws of nature, logic, objective truth, empirical science, and common sense. Do those four things. Submit to those four things. Everything else will work itself out. Everything else will work itself out. But you cannot... Listen, I don't want to produce lemmings that sum, that just submit to everything that someone says because someone said it, including me. Research it. Do the math, so to speak. You'll find out that thousands and thousands of years of, of human history was dealt with a certain way because there's no way around those four issues. Mm. And then the issues of origin, meaning, morality, and destiny. Origin, where did I come from? Meaning, why am I here? Morality, how shall I live now that I know that I'm here? And destiny, what happens to me when I die? And those are four issues that, that we are going to challenge the kids with. And they start scratching their heads over these things because uh, mm. they come in here thinking that they should be able to do what they want to do when they want to do it to the degree they want to do it. And I've said, no one can do that. Not even the president of the United States can do that. Uh, arguably, arguably the most powerful person in the world. But you came in here, as a matter of fact, it's what got you here, is that you think you can do what you want to do when you want to do it to the degree you want to do it, up until including picking your gender, despite all the evidence. And I have to get them to come to grips with these things in, in, in a number of ways, but the most common way is when it comes to like the God, quote unquote, hypothesis, one thing these kids don't, uh, uh, they've been brainwashed into the evolutionary thing, but they don't believe in miracles. They've been taught, you know, miracles don't exist. That's a presupposition, right? <laughs> That's a premise that they've bought they into. They need to read your book. Well, they need to read the book. Uh, but I say, look, you do believe in miracles. No, I don't. Yes, I do. No, I don't. Yes, you, yes, you do. No. Okay, let, here. The universe started, the empirical universe started only one of two ways. If you can give me a third way, then I'll, I'll say maybe you got a point. Something either started from nothing or something always was. Now, mm-hmm. if you can tell me a third option as to how the material universe came to existence, I'll, I'll start scratching my head, okay? But something started from nothing or something always was. Either way. You got yourself a miracle on your hands. And if you can uh, capitulate to that miracle, then someone raising from the dead should be a snap. And so Jacob walked out a miracle. Thanks, Trace. Thanks for your ministry. And thank you for caring so much for our teens, that, you know, the next generation, who will be yep. the leaders of the next generation. So thank you very much. You're absolutely welcome. And not only are they going to be the leaders, they're going to determine where you end up in the last days of your life and how you're cared for. That's true. 
Well, thanks for listening to Licensed to Parent. This program is a ministry of Shepherds Hill Academy, a residential treatment facility for troubled teens. If you are struggling with your teen, reach out to us. We are here to help and want to help. Go to LicensedToParent.org for more information. And also learn how God has blessed Shepherds Hill in Trace's book, The Miracles of Shepherds Hill. And that's also available at LicensedToParent.org. Thanks to our team for making today possible. Our producer is Rich Rosel. Carl Peets is our technical producer. For Trace Embry, I'm Michelle Hill, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your license to parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless. See you next time.